Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about that one thing that we're all bound by, books. I am your host, Danielle Bannister, and I am joined today by fellow host, Tina Moss. And today, Tina and I are going to be talking about a part two episode that we did on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how it relates to writing, not just, you know, looking at man candy, but we'll talk about how that connects to writing as well. And we'll, we'll link to that other episode as well. Um, but before we dive into Marvel Madness, I wanted to check in with you and uh, see what's going on with you writing wise. I know you just had a recent release and you just came back from a signing. What, what's going on with you? I did. So I had just released Aliens Captive, the first in my new sci-fi romance series at the end of October. The plan, which, you know, how we all feel about plans, but the plan was to take a few days off, attend the conference, come back and and jump into writing. Um, That has not happened. I do have Aliens Made, book number two, scheduled for January. So my goal is to get everything situated with the business and then to jump into Aliens Made and get that done so that it will be on time for the current release date in January. <laughs> Crazy that you, uh, they're essentially back-to-back releases at this point, right? I mean, yeah. And the, the goal is really to have the entire series back-to-back. They are shorter books, so they're going to be no more than 60,000 words, probably under it. Um, as I spoke to many other sci-fi romance authors at the conference, they tried to convince me to write a little bit shorter, release them fast, and, and get them out. So I'm, right. I'm open to that idea. How many are you thinking uh, that you'll have, or is it unknown at this point in um, that series? It's un- I'm going to plan for between five and six, and then if it continues to do well, continues to take off and readers like it, I, I will sure. continue to write them. But I actually- and, and then you may get them shorter at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, plan with this book to spin off two series. So this is the first mm-hmm. one, but the way that it's written is, um, there's no spoiler alert here because it's literally the opening of the book, is the heroine who is the human character in the book um, is essentially on a deep space mission, the first one from earth, their ship is attacked. She is taken to another planet and sold as a slave, but we don't know what happened to her crewmates. So right now we're with her, we're gonna return to earth. We're gonna make some negotiations happen between uh, earth and my alien warriors, but we also have to find out what happened to the crew. So that is gonna be the second series. Nice. Yeah, nice. Fun. And what about it's, you? What are you working on, Miss Nano? Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah, I'm still plodding away with Nano, this project that I wasn't planning on writing. I had other projects, I had other things set for November. And I was plan. just going to... Again, the plan. I, I had a plan. I had a, It was in pencil, but I had a plan. And I was going to be working on two different manuscripts uh, this month. And um, that went out the window when I, I got a random idea to do Nando to do nano on day one of nano and i'm like oh, i'll do it fine i'll do it um the other two projects it wasn't like a, a a massive deadline that i had to to fit those so i'm like okay i'll i'll bump you for now and mm-hmm. we'll work on that um so i'm doing nano whether i whether i like it or not uh uh it's i think i think i'll get it to fifty thousand, but it'll it'll be a rough first draft which is the whole point of nano is to get a very rough first draft um and 
this uh, month I've actually also put uh, my rom-com, the ABCs of D on sale. Um, so there, it'll be the final days of the sale. So this is, if, you ever, if you're looking for a, a book about a woman who decides to take on a bet to date the alphabet at 40, <laughs> now's the time to grab it while it's on sale because I'm putting right. it back off on sale in December. So that's what's going on with me and getting ready for you know cooking all the stuff for turkey and yeah the holidays that, coming up so be, as of yeah. when this podcast goes up thanksgiving will be over well, however yes we will be getting into the december season of holidays so <laughs> yeah yeah there'll, there'll be leftovers still i'll be i'll be still be eating <laughs> next week i'll still be eating those leftovers you can be sure i actually bought extra potatoes so that i could have you know I have no problem having a week of just nothing but turkey leftovers for a week. I have no problem with that at all. My kids may complain, but make yourself a pizza. I'm having turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So the last time that we talked, I'm going to try to refocus ourselves now into Marvel and how it relates to writing and how we can learn from Marvel as writers. Um, the last time that we talked, I think, and my memory is not so great, so refresh me if I'm wrong. The last time we talked, I think Loki had either just finished or yep. was about to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, we've had Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Hawkeye and No Way Home are knocking on the door. Yeah. I'm just curious, what have you seen? What ones are you excited for if you haven't seen things yet? So I haven't seen the Eternals yet. Um, I was away when my usual crew of, of Marvel fans uh, attended the theater and um, they were very mediocre on it and not for the reasons of diversity. Like we're all for diversity in mm-hmm. movies um, as some of the fandom has been a little toxic in that area, but yeah. they just didn't, I think it was hard to, for them to grasp the, and the introduction of a lot of characters. Um, yeah. I, I am still going to see the movie. I'm excited about it. But when I saw, and I believe it's Shang-Chi, I'm going to pronounce that mm-hmm. wrong probably a thousand times, but yeah. I adored Shang-Chi. It gave it me great. all the feels. It's literally in my top five of Marvel movies now. It reminded me a lot of like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. It had that kind of fun campiness to it while still telling a very much um, hero's journey style story, right? So that was that was so much fun. And I think really showed how you can take that old kind of hero's journey line that we think of like being very serious and developmental to a character and make it funny, like yeah. really funny. That There was yeah. so much comedy in it. Um, Aquafina, the actress, absolutely stole the show, stole the movie for me. Uh, she was which which says a lot about a secondary character how you can lift up a secondary character to not just be you know the the external idiot who does you know who's explaining to the rest of us right this is what's going on because that's absolutely the role that she serves she's like helping us along you know explaining this for us but she's also great comic relief which stories that have a lot of action a lot of high stakes really need that comedic element to release some of the tension and the stress that you're feeling when you're watching something or if you're reading something you need that sort of comic relief to go okay it's okay right She's a kind of the, she does embody the classic sidekick trope, uh, but she's just, 
so brilliant on the screen and so well written that I think you kind of forget that she's the sidekick character. Yeah. Because yeah. She, she, when she's on the screen, she she steals it. She absolutely yeah. does. Not to say that um, I forget the actor's name now, but he's brilliant as well. I, I love that. Right. I love the play between the two of them. I think they have a lot of like chemistry as actors and playing the yeah. characters on the screen. But man, every time she was on, my eyes were just drawn to her because every line that was going to come out of her mouth was going to have me howling. So I, I yeah. definitely um, appreciated that. But I do think it's interesting that this, because you've had the sidekick character that can be funny, that could be for comedic relief, but her character was also very rich. There was a very strong friendship between them and almost like you could feel when she discovered like who he really is. No real spoilers here because, you know, hey, Right, 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 chosen right, right. one essentially. Right, right. Um, you could feel her betrayal in in him not having told her because they had been friends for so many years. Like I was like, oh, I fe I feel that. Like I totally get where you're coming from, man. I would be pissed if that was my friend too. So everything she did was also very believable and very relatable. So in addition to being funny, I just found myself really connecting with her. I also appreciated that they didn't. They didn't kind of shove a romance between the two mm -hmm. of them at us. Thank but you. That, that wasn't even like on my radar that they were a romantic couple at all. Like even at the, the dinner scene, in the, you know, she's like, well, what are you two? I'm like, they're friends. Right. They're, not, they're, not, they're not a thing. And so, I mean, maybe they will be down the line. But for right now, this is a, you know, you can have a platonic friendship with someone of the opposite sex and and how lovely that is to see represented on the screen so beautifully and somebody who loves romance mm -hmm. you would think that i would miss that but i didn't because i got i got that romance uh, feel from from other characters in this right. particular movie so i was still fed just not that way so i i got i, I appreciated having a, a friendship yeah i felt that way too and and i am the biggest sucker in the world for a friends to lover trope oh my god I love friends yeah. to lover trope yeah. I think I even love it more than enemies to lover quite honestly it's, it's yeah. one of my favorites yeah. cinnamon rolls given to me all the time um I I felt a little undercurrent of that but I think that they did that just so if they do decide in later movies to go in that direction that the this the you know the little crumbs are there but it wasn't right. so in your face about it and it was definitely more about the platonic friendship and how they truly cared about each other as friends and okay maybe at some point this will grow into a romance and maybe not we'll just you know right. we'll just put these little crumbs here and see what happens um right. but it wasn't it the, really the the emphasis on the friendship was what i loved about it too yeah right right well i know that you you haven't seen um eternals uh my daughter and i went opening night because I've turned her into a Marvel <laughs> addict just just in the last year I mean that's she's, good parenting <laughs> yeah, right right um I tried dragging her because I used to take my son with me to the premieres but now mm -hmm. he doesn't really care about them so at least now I've got another kid to, to come with me and so so we saw we saw the matinee we saw a matinee because we wanted to be we wanted to see it as soon as possible because both of us were avoiding being online because we didn't want to see anything even though <laughs> so much was already spoiled for us oh, no. by certain people in the media who decided to give away end credit information oh. the day that the media got to see it i'm like 
are you new? You don't do that. That's not what you do. It's the worst thing you could ever, ever, ever do. So that was, I, mm, mm. so, but, uh, Eternals, I personally really liked it. Um, but it is definitely a completely different feel than the types of Marvel movies that we're used to. And I think the Eternals had a really hard job of introducing this brand new set of characters who I'm predicting are sort of going to try to replace the original OG mm-hmm. Avengers the six of I think I assume that that's what they're doing with this is that that these will be the new core people mm-hmm. maybe not um and we are so emotionally invested with our core six that I think anybody that they introduce might have a hard time of like who, you know, you're supposed to be like Captain America now? Are you supposed to be right. Iron Man? You know, th- there might be some resistance there. Um, and they also have 10 characters that they're trying mm-hmm. to introduce. 10 characters at once where Avengers, we already knew these characters individually. They all had their sort of origin stories. So we all right. knew them. So it wasn't like introducing brand new people. And we're also introducing brand new mythology into this. So it's a lot of information to process. I think that this movie once others come out, we'll start to appreciate more what this movie did, mm-hmm. but it might've just been a, a, too much information to take in all at once. I thought it was beautifully shot, just cinematically gorgeous. Um, one of the best speedsters I've ever seen on film. Mm-hmm. Just go for that alone. It, they finally got a speedster right. That is what my how- friend said about it too. holy crap it's great how they did that um and some of the things were a little i probably a little slower than they needed to be but again they would i think working on trying to bring out character development Mm -hmm. versus maybe plot development and i'm a sucker for character driven movies so maybe that's why i really enjoyed it um so i think that that's something that that we could look at in terms of when you're writing a story Mm -hmm. are you writing a story that's plot driven or character driven. I think Eternals is a, a character driven film. And maybe some of the other MCUs are a little bit more plot driven in some ways. So it, it's just something to think about when you're when you're looking at them, that there are different ways of telling a story. Right. And you can learn from that. And I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Eternals almost feels like very fantasy-esque style book where you have this big cast of characters, big world building elements, right? And then you're trying to introduce all of these different things. So I think for specifically a fantasy writer, that's probably a really good movie to go off of. Whereas with the original um, Avenger movies, when you had one character who was the the lead character and really the film was about them, that's much more, um, you could have it in fantasy, like, like, a Harry Potter, I guess, style fantasy for, mm-hmm. for lack of, you know, thinking of other titles, more recent titles, right. but it's usually in romance, we certainly have that. You're not going to have a huge cast in romance. Even right. if you do, it's going to be like one book is centered on each particular character. So you have time and breath to tell the story. Right. Whereas right. if you're telling a, a fantasy story where you have a large cast and large world building, this might be a good example. To like watch. a Lord of the Rings, maybe. There's a exactly. lot of characters in Lord of the Rings. So, you know, it, it, it's worth, it's worth 
you know, paying attention to if you like movies uh, in the MCU because I, I, it's going to be referred back to them. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way that that they're going to go forward and not mention these characters again. I, mean, I think that these are going to be sort of canon for movies going forward. So, uh, but. I'm stoked for Hawkeye. When this when this broadcast comes out, Hawkeye will have already the first two episodes will have already aired because they're mm-hmm. dropping two episodes. Are you excited for Hawkeye? Or are you like, eh, eh? I'm I'm still I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm still processing Loki. <laughs> <laughs> A lot went down with Loki. A lot I'm went down. Loki. I don't know if I'm ready for I mean Hawkeye to me or the, the teasers that I've seen of it feels lighter feels like it's you know just in time for the Christmas season kind of thing yes, yes. Um, a little a little relief a little comic yes. relief I think yeah. is what it's gonna be yeah so yeah that'll be nice I'm excited about Yelena coming in I'm I'm want to know so much more about her character so that'll yes. be interesting yes agreed um Hawkeye himself is an is an interesting character in the comics I have not been thrilled with the way that he's been portrayed in movies and that's nothing to do with the actor it just feels like they've mishmash different areas they haven't given him much no they have not given him much to work with like here's a family man here's maybe we have this thing with natasha oh no now we're brother and sister and now also i'm a ninja like right (laughs) right i mean i think that the the one time that we all right so we're introduced to hawkeye in thor but we get like a minute of him so that's not enough to to know what this character is and then the next time we see him is in avengers and he's instantly a bad guy so our first impression of him is oh he's a bad guy and first impressions stick with us whether we like it or not and then it it's not until Age of Ultron that he actually gets a storyline. And I, I loved what he did in Age of Ultron. And I'm like, yes, more of that from Hawkeye. Let him be some comic relief. He can right. be funny. Let him be funny. <laughs> um, but I think because, because he is a human and doesn't have any superpowers and he doesn't have, you know, the boobs that Scarlett Johansson <laughs> has, nobody likes him because he doesn't have any sort of redeeming assets to you know whatever and i think they gave him you know the 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 machete because at least that's cooler than a bow and arrow so i think they're they're trying really hard to to give him something just give him some funny lines because he can be funny so i'm really hoping that hawkeye sort of delivers on the promise of how funny I think that character is. Because it could be another, like we said, Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, Shang-Chi style movie. They could really go in that direction, or show rather, really go in that direction of the comedic timing. Just right now, I feel like the character doesn't have any sense of self. There's just too many things that they've tried to do with this character and none of it has really landed well, um, which is also a really great point for writing. Because when you have a character, if you're going to introduce a character, they have to have a three-dimensional quality to them. Otherwise, they're yeah. they're just, you know, a trope, which is okay. You can have some of those characters too. I am not the one who says that every character must be three-dimensional and well-rounded. You can have some like 2D okay. characters right. in there. Sometimes they're needed, right. you know? Um, but if you're going to have a character like Hawkeye, who is so much involved in all of these different films like he's got to be three-dimensional he can't be just a right yeah. a 2d image or utilized um for you know plot driven purposes he feels like he's been like the forgotten one in the writing room like oh yeah hawkeye's in here too what do we give him to do 
you know, yeah. and yeah, uh, and again, nothing, nothing against Jeremy Renner. I mean, mm -hmm. he's he's doing what he can with what he's given, which unfortunately I don't think has been much. But so I'm really hoping that Hawkeye does him justice. And, and you know, that... talking about platonic characters again, right? I'm not mad that they decided to have Hawkeye and Natasha be friends. I actually no. thought that was a beautiful friendship between them. I thought it was a lot based on mutual respect. Obviously, yes. when they have the scene over the soul stone, it's gut-wrenching. Right. It's great. Right. Um, I know a lot of people were upset because in the comics, they do have a romantic relationship, a pretty long-standing romantic relationship. I wasn't as mad about that because I thought platonic friendship on the screen between them, especially when Natasha has been overly sexualized, like having <laughs> somebody who doesn't see her in that way yeah. is kind of nice. Yes. But they didn't stick with that from the beginning. No. You know, they they had, they kind of introduced like, oh, maybe they could have romance. Yeah. And then they squashed it with no real explanation to have this, this what I think is a beautiful friendship between them. I yeah. wish they would have yeah. started with that and yeah. set that up originally, because then I feel like it would have been, it would have carried more weight to it. I mean, that's something to, to learn about character development in terms of know what you want your characters to do sometimes when you're discovering what your character is and you've already written like books behind, you can't just suddenly change their motivation without some sort of explanation. So it's fine if they want to be friends, but if you've alluded to this potential romance, you've got to iron that hiccup out before, yeah. you know, and I don't think that they, they did that. So another lesson yeah. to learn to learn and then no way home good lord oh yeah uh, that's coming out on my daughter's birthday guess where we'll be <laughs> we will be at the theater and who the heck knows who's going to be in this movie at this point it, it seems like everybody is everybody, going to yeah. be in every every single person in hollywood is going to be in this movie <laughs> so it just I, I'm just going to see who's going to be there at this I point. I hope cause... we get some Into the Spideyverse characters in there. I love... <laughs> Everyone. I just, love I, just, I just heard a rumor that Sandra Bullock was rumored to be in it. Like, what? Sandra Bringing Bullock? random people in? You're going to be another Spider-Man? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, when you open up the multiverse, yeah. anything literally could be possible, right? Oh, so... <laughs> So who knows? I'm just going along for the ride, but it's been really hard because that's the one that I'm like, stop talking about it. You're gonna ruin the movie. It just stop it. Just stop it. Nobody. I mean, I feel really bad for for poor Andrew Garfield, who's out there now trying to promote his his gorgeous movie, Tick Tick Boom. If you haven't seen it, it's freaking amazing. The boy can sing. Um, he's trying to promote this poor movie and everybody's asking him, you know, are you in Spider-Man? I'm like, dude, that's not what he's here to promote. Can you not? This is why we can't have nice, nice things, right? <laughs> Honest to God. But that brings us to a pretty great point because you were talking about that before of, of spoilers, right? And like what kind of moviegoer, but also what kind of reader are you? There are readers who open the book and read the last page. Like that, I can't. I, I can't, can't even imagine it. I can't fathom it. It's like even with romance, where I know, I know it's going to be a happily ever after. I'm not no. reading the last page. Are you crazy? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that. There's like this this sense of like 
it's it's an easing of anxiety. They they need to know that things are gonna end a certain way so that they can sit back and enjoy it. It's it's you know it's an anxiety reliever. But dude, <laughs> dude, don't tell me. I I really don't don't like spoilers. I want to go on the journey that the movie maker or the writer wants to take me on. I will take whatever you know teaser or trailer that they want to give me. And let that be the judge if I want to go on the journey with them. But don't tell me, you know, who the surprise end credits are. Don't show me the footage. Don't right. Don't do that. You're just ruining it for me. <laughs> I don't know. It, and do you have this experience? So a lot of films that I go to watch that are outside of the Marvel universe, because actually Marvel does a pretty good job at sometimes misdirection and putting yes yeah like easter eggs you don't quite know where it's going to go right but i find with the majority of films from being a writer and an editor for so many years i know where it's going like i'm picking this up so easily i it to the point where it like it spoils the experience for me yeah because i don't already predicted the ending yeah i don't want a trailer that tells me the whole plot Mm -hmm. you know tell me tell me the tone tell me you know the vibe that you're putting mm-hmm. down but don't tell me everything and yeah marvel is notorious for doing that for for blatantly lying in their trailers they will edit out people that are in the scene or they will put people in the scene that aren't really there in an effort to misdirect people and think that they know what way that they're going right. so don't rely on a marvel trailer as gospel of what's going to be in the movie because they try really hard not to spoil you yeah um but yeah, it's there is something about movie trailers telling too much. They give away too much of the plot, and you don't want to see it because you know you're not going to be surprised. You yeah, know, you're not, you know, even in the movie experience but... itself, though, or like when I'm sitting down to watch a film, it there's and listen, things can be formulaic. I again, I'm not one of those people who say you shouldn't have formula. Lord knows romance has plenty of formula I have plenty of formula in my own books but when I sit down to watch a film and within the first couple minutes I immediately know where the story is going I know how it's going to end I know everything about the characters there's going to be no surprises that to me is like I don't have as enjoyable an experience I want to be surprised. I want you to lead me down a road that I didn't know I was going to go down. And I do feel like when you're writing, it's something to, to think about. There is, there is something to be said for familiarity. And I've read at this point over 200 sci-fi romance books. It's going to be very hard for you to surprise me with something in sci-fi right. romance. I've pretty much right. read it all at this point. But there is something to be said for books that take you on a journey, movies that take you on, you know, this, this, again, this road that you didn't know you were going to go down, because the worst thing is to sit there for two hours going, yep, yep. Called that. Okay. (laughs) And there's no real joy in it that way. So I think for the Marvel movies, like you said, they do a really good job in their trailers of not spoiling it, but in the actual storytelling in the film as well. Even when you can kind of see, 
you know, the trope, like the hero's journey and, and Shang-Chi, and you kind of see where this is going, there's a surprise. There's a surprise. There's something else that you, you know, you probably weren't thinking about. Right. Um, and, and I appreciate that aspect of the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. I can think of several of the, uh, particularly in the Marvel universe that you go, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's not where i thought you were gonna go at all okay um so yeah i mean that's that's something absolutely to pick up on if if you're writing if if you feel like you can sort of predict the story maybe that's a good clue is well maybe i shouldn't do that mm -hmm. maybe i should try something else i mean if that if that came too easy maybe maybe shake it up a little bit maybe maybe right. try to to get to the same destination by taking that u-turn that is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, <laughs> so we talked about, we talked a little bit in our last um, Marvel one discussion that we talked about. Um, and I, I feel like we, we only touched the, the, the surface of it, but we talked a little bit about the Marvel men last time, but I want to talk a little bit about the Marvel women mm -hmm. that, that have come out. Um, now, Marvel um, started this journey 2008, so it's been it's been a while, right? And they started off with with Iron Man and you know very white male cisgender sort of audience. That's what they were that that's what they were going for, and sort of the first female character that they decided to introduce was of course Black Widow, mm -hmm. sort of the the femme fatale, you know, the black type, but you know boobs for days big mm -hmm. lips you know the very sexualized of, uh, marvel <laughs> right 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 they they could have kicked off their franchise with a woman with somebody like wanda or the wasp or even the she-hulk you know yeah. the lots of material that they could have pulled from but they started with black widow why do you think they did that do you have oh. any <laughs> why they did it they did it because uh first of all scarlett johansson is scarlett johansson she looks great in a black bodysuit so yeah, she does. <laughs> easy um yeah. no but it's it's i think the error that a lot of comics in the in the early days of comics not so much anymore made as well to think that comics were going to be consumed by a certain branch of our population, like you said, cisgender white mm -hmm. men, um, between yeah. you know, an ages of like 15 to let's say 25, right? And yeah. the most appealing thing for a teenage boy, I hate to say it, but it's a lady with some big boobies. Yep. <laughs> That's just yep. biology. Yep. Um, and then yep. and then put on top of that that Black Widow's power is in her sex appeal, right? That's yeah. kind of the, the driving force in the beginning when they introduced Black Widow. Yes, she is a strong fighter. Yes, she has um, a strong personality as well. But really, it's about that classic femme fatale spy, you know, sexy, uh, what, you know, using my wiles to get what I want. Yeah. And that is, that's all over film. If you look at Star Trek in, in its glory days, early days of DC, all of comics, you know, that's that's a very common trope. I think in 2008, they certainly don't get a pass. Like this <laughs> could have started better. We were still right. in the 21st century. Right. But right, right. 
but I get it. I get who they were targeting, who their audience was, and what the litany of material behind it was. Um, I think they fairly quickly saw that, oh crap, half of this audience, if not more, is women. And look, I appreciate Scarlett Johansson, but I would like I some women that I could relate to as well. I think we talked a little bit about the, the issue with Captain Marvel in the way that it was introduced and why half of the fandom didn't really care for the movie is because it wasn't really made for them. It was right. made for a female audience. Captain Marvel is very much women empowerment and not a woman growing into her power. It's not really about that. It's about a woman who already has power stepping into a very male dominated world. And, and a fully covered woman. Yes. Fully covered. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> complete. She's covered. There's yep. there is no like sexual sexualizing. I mean, yes, it's a tight suit, but it's not, you know, the, the zipper busting out sort of, you know, cleavage shot. So yeah, I mean, I think that over time, I think you're you're absolutely right. They started to see that we are not representing the the audience that we have and we mm -hmm. really need to start paying attention. And I think they've progressively gotten better are they finished doing what all they can do of course not you know they're, they're always striving i think to do better um then i think eternals is a step in the, in the right direction there in terms of representation and, and so on and so forth but yeah i think it it she was the first but i think i mean even with wanda's character she mm -hmm. started out much more sexualized yep. and she is become less and less and now her outfit is not sexualized at all and it's, it's a pretty kick-ass costume yeah. and, then, and then with captain um, marvel you know horrors of horror she cut her hair <laughs> right like the certain, right yeah, certain right the fandom, oh my god right. she cut her hair right yeah now she's no longer attractive now what can we do <laughs> yeah, what? she can cut her hair shocking um but yeah with with the female characters in particular i think Look, I, I would love to say that it's this altruistic, progressive, you know, Marvel idea, right? And that, and to be fair, they've taken on a lot of social issues in their in their shows. So I Absolutely. give them credit for that. But it's also a business decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the end of the day, well, if they don't make money, they can't, yeah, they, they, they have to make money. If they're not making money, you know, yeah. I and mean, they, frank, there's only so far you can push an envelope. Absolutely. And to be frank, it's, it is something that you should consider in your writing. Now I'm not yeah. saying that you shouldn't take on causes or issues that are important to you, hundred percent go for it. But at the end of the day, your book is a product. And I've said this yeah. to all of my authors many times. Yeah. It is, it can be a passion. It can be something that you enjoy and it could certainly be something you stand for, but it's also a product. Absolutely. And you have to think about the audience in which you're giving that product to. Now, if my goal is to educate them on an issue, teach them certain things, or simply to push what I believe in, those are all valid reasons for you to sell that product. But you have to know that going in. And you have to know that no matter what you write, some people are not going to like it. That's just Absolutely. the bottom line. And certainly some people in, in the Marvel fandom have not liked the introduction of these new strong female characters. Sure. Yep. 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's absolutely whatever you're writing, it becomes part of your brand, mm -hmm. you know, it, it becomes part of what you're putting out there. So you just need to think carefully about what you're deciding to put down and, you know, how is it going to age as well? Sometimes you have to think about how things age and, you know, yeah, because books are forever, right? You know, <laughs> the opinion you have now, you might not have in a few years, right? Something. So it's, it's, it's this delicate balance, but at the same time, you don't want to just ignore having an opinion on things. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a delicate, delicate thing that I've, I've certainly not mastered. <laughs> right. And I, and I don't think it's something that you ever do master. I think it's always developing, right? Because I look at the, the Marvel shows that have come out recently and the social issues that they've touched upon. And I think it's also a reflection of our time and what is happening in our country right now and things that people care about and are talking about. Whereas if you try to do that at a different time, it might not have the same impact. Right. So th things can also be timely, but again, like you said, just, just considering that what you put forth now, how is it going to look in, in 10 to 15 years? And if, if you're okay with whatever you're putting out, that's awesome. Um, but again, just being mindful of those kinds of things, of longevity of books, because they do, <laughs> they do last a really long time and sometimes past you. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. all of those things into consideration in your writing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted, I want to switch to something maybe a little bit lighter and a little funner um, that may have nothing to do with writing at all, but maybe <laughs> we can, maybe we can work it into to write. Well, I'm sure we could. Um, I'm curious to know, and I don't know if we talked about this in our, in our last uh, broadcast, um, who is your favorite Marvel character and why? Oh, easy. Deadpool. <laughs> oh, okay. Deadpool. I know. Why Deadpool? Oh God, I love Deadpool. I've loved Deadpool from comic days. Deadpool, um, I believe we talked last time about Loki being the first openly yeah. uh, now canon by yeah. character. But right. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool then. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool's a little bit more open about things. Deadpool's very <laughs> open about things. Um, so yeah, I, when Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool, it just added the cherry on top of the Sunday because he is the most brilliant Deadpool I could ever imagine. Um, yeah. Everything about him from the quirky campiness that I love of some of the other movies to his just unapologetic this is me attitude is is I am a forever Deadpool fan. I want to see Ryan Reynolds singing this is me now <laughs> as Deadpool right I can I, he just, that, that needs to be a thing now. 100%, 100%. what about you who's your favorite? Oh well is it not obvious I am <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm a winter soldier girl. And so is my daughter, which makes things very awkward. We, we both Before or it, after the actor played winter soldier, just curious. After, <laughs> come on now, come on. All right, I'm a Sebastian Stan fan, okay? But uh, particularly I like what he's done in winter soldier. And mm -hmm. so we'll, my daughter and I are always like changing, exchanging pictures or information. And, <laughs> and he's now, a, He's now in that Pamela and Tommy thing on Hulu about the whole sex scandal. I'm ah. like, maybe you skip this one, my dear. You're only 16. Maybe you, maybe you don't watch this particular watch one. I'll watch it and tell you how it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how it is. But uh, 
<laughs> but no, I love, I mean, I think, I think it's clear. I love, a, I love a broken character and mm-hmm. who's more broken than poor freaking Bucky Barnes. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for, for those, those types of characters, just any, in any literature. So, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that he's not bad to look at. Okay, fine. Sure. Right. Right. <laughs> little broken. You know. Even a little right, because I I had no interest uh, in his, his character in the first one, where in Captain America, uh, the first one, right, whatever. Okay, side character who who thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, whatever. <laughs> I have no interest in you, but you know, show me somebody who's being tortured and <laughs> emotionally hurt. Uh, hello, yeah, <laughs> I will follow you now. <laughs> I need therapy, I think. <laughs> okay. It's getting hot in here. It feels hot in here. <laughs> and that, maybe that's, maybe that's a piece. I mean, what, what is it for you? I mean, I've just exposed myself as to what makes a certain Marvel man hot for me. But I know we talked about this a little bit uh, last time about Marvel men in general. But what makes them like hot? Okay, outside of who's the hottest character maybe for you maybe instead of your favorite character who is who is a character in the marvel cinematic universe that you go like yes please <laughs> oh my gosh um oh that's a tough one narrow, narrow it down to one or ten <laughs> <laughs> i mean the easy answer is thor right because he's just so pretty but again oh, is it an easy answer i wouldn't choose thor I feel like so many people would just say Thor. I mean, a million people say Loki too, which is just that's a whole other can of worms that we, we do not have sure. time to open up. Sure. But like with Chris Hemsworth in particular playing Thor, I do not find Thor attractive until yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, until Ragnarok, until yeah, he's absolutely. funny, right? Until yeah, right. like we get that, and I'm waiting for Guardians of the Galaxy to come out with him. But until we get the comedic Thor, like, yeah. yes, he's very pretty to look at, but I'm not invested in him until he's funny. And that's right. why I think I love Deadpool so much. And Ryan Reynolds in particular is, again, very lovely to look at until we, well, right. we mostly get the mask okay. though with Deadpool, right? Right, 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 right. right. Um, but it's it's that comedic element for me, I think that that makes them more attractive. Right. What so, about- So, that, then, so is then Deadpool two? one and the same? Is that, that one and the same for you? Is is Deadpool then the sexiest for you since it's it's- you're drawn to humor i don't know i mean the loki thing also there there's there's just something about loki just that sad deadpool and loki in one bed yeah (laughs) i'm not complaining that's a party that's a party i suppose yeah that should we get to the screw mary kill then (laughs) let's do it all right so we're gonna do a screw, marry, and kill, because why not? It's fun. So one character you can you can only have sex with, but that's it. That's that's all that they're there for. You're not having conversation with them. It's you're just literally betting them. Mm-hmm. The next person you can marry, have conversations with, live your life with, but you can never have sex with them. And the other person you gotta you gotta kill. Sorry. Without having sex with them or talking to them, you just gotta kill them. Wait, I can't have sex with the marry person? No, that you can't have sex with the marry person. Yeah. Wait, I never knew this. What? Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it so hard. Oh, no. That's what makes it so hard. Yeah. No. You can, yeah, that's 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 the kick. Did you never play it that way? No, I just That's always how I played it. I just, Wait, that's what makes it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that makes it so much tougher. Okay. This is what I'm saying to you. Okay. So, uh, you know, all right, now I'm going to throw them. And I think I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to throw, all right, I'm going to do a uh, Deadpool for you uh, because you, because you love him so much. Okay. I'm going to do uh Loki for you. Right. And I'm going to do, uh, mm, mm, mm. I, I, anyone I say is going off a cliff. So I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> oh God, I, I, I was going to say, just listen to Hawkeye because everybody throws him off a cliff anyway. So go ahead. I'm. Mm. Oh, wow. So, okay. But with Mary, it's living a life with Loki or living a life with Deadpool. Like, right. Are... Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I think I'm going to screw Loki and marry Deadpool because at least with Deadpool, I would I would have a lot of laughs and I wouldn't actually have to worry about being drawn into a multiverse somewhere or having yeah. a variant pop up. So that's exactly the the path I would take as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. That's 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 where I would go. Um all right. How about uh Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Falcon? Ooh. I'm gonna screw Winter Soldier. I'm with you on that. I think I'm going to marry Falcon because I feel like that would be an interesting life because Captain America for me is just a little, I said it before, a little too white bread, a little too boring. I'm not down for the 1950s lifestyle. So I'm going to have to kill him off. (laughs) What about you? I think I'd probably kill off Falcon because I think his jokes would irritate me after a while. (laughs) Like him trying to make himself laugh, I think would drive me up a wall eventually. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it'll be, it would be funny for like a year, but then it'd be like, dude, you're not funny anymore. I know your jokes. So he he's he's going off just because I think his humor would drive me crazy. And yeah, I'd marry Cap because you know he could lift all the furniture while you vacuumed, and you know he could he could do the things yeah. that a married person could do well. And then yeah, Winter Soldier. But Falcon can fly, so we could take some some trips. Well, <laughs> Cap can run fast <laughs> and carry me, so. <laughs> You're gonna have your twilight I mean, moment in the in the meadow with cat. Yes, <laughs> I will hold on tight, spider monkey. <laughs> oh my god, that makes all right. We have probably we have we have. I'm just checking the clock. We have we have oh, gone yeah. too far. We've we have gone, gone too gone far. Yeah, we have gone into the deep end. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Do you, do you want to take us out or do you want me to? Oh, awesome. Um. First of all, if you would like us to do a part three, I am sure that we have no problem talking for another hour about Marvel films. So absolutely, no. Give us a like. Um, otherwise, I I think that about does it for today. And if you want to learn more about either of us or any of our other podcast hosts, you can check out our website www.foundbybookspodcast.com. Be sure to join us next week as we talk more about books and the things we love about them in Bound by Books. Goodbye.